From Reboot, this is In Quarantine. I'm Steve Bodo, talking life during corona. Comedian Jesse Klein will be joining us in a bit. How you, uh, how you guys doing with the isolation fatigue? It's, uh, it's hitting me a little more now, just in the last week. Maybe you felt what I felt the last few days. It's like, uh, like some kind of dread, I guess, that this is, I don't know, this dawning that uh, this is going to be a while. This is going to go on. Not necessarily exactly like this has been these last whatever weeks, but I don't know. But this is probably the end of the beginning and not like later. I, I hope my guest today is doing better. She certainly seems like someone who could be doing better. Uh, she's got a lot going for her. She's an Emmy-winning writer, a best-selling author. She's one of the stars of the really funny and truly filthy Netflix hit show, Big Mouth. But maybe most important among her many credits, she once did stand up for a radio variety show pilot that I was producing that went nowhere. <laughs> Which she might not have even thought about until I mentioned it just now. Jesse Klein, welcome to In Quarantine. <laughs> oh, hi. Well, great to be here, be in my house here. So that's where you are. Where is that? Is that what city is that in? I assume it's I'm a city. In, I assume you're not living I, a farm type life. Uh, yeah, I didn't. There's no second house that I fleed, fled to. I'm, I am in Los Angeles. And uh, what are we in? Like ninth week in that you guys actually got inside, I think, before us in New York, even though obviously. I think we beat you by a few days. I truly could not tell you the number of weeks that it's been. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm with a lot of other people where it just feels like, um, I, like a, yeah, I've lost track. Uh, yeah, it, it, the undifferentiated mass of time phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. The sun comes had... up, it goes down. That's helpful. I find the sun uh, coming up and going down very helpful as far as telling one period of time from another. Yeah, and it's always very, um, it's it's very affirming when it comes up again. So we're alive. And and you, what do you got? Uh, you got the husband. You got the kids. What do you got there? <laughs> I got in here. Um, I've got the husband, I've got the four-year-old kid. Um, what do we have? We have, uh, stuffed animals. We have toys. We have a lot of puzzles I personally don't enjoy. I mean, I'm like, I'll be honest with you. You're catching me. If you couldn't tell, you're catching me. The emotions for me, I feel like, I don't know. I'm really... I will also say like 10 seconds before we started was the, was the 10 seconds. It was the moment of my day where I'm like, I need a Xanax now. And I wish I had taken it earlier. Cause I don't think we're going to talk long enough for it to kick in, but okay, um, here's what I want. Here's yeah. What I want, and I'm not Should even we, kidding. Yeah. Go get a Xanax. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Well, like, no, I took it. Oh no, I you took did. it and it's, it's, but I'm oh. just saying it won't, it won't, it's, I, I took it about five minutes ago. So I don't, it usually takes, I don't know, half uh, an hour. Is that the kick? I don't, yeah, I'm not a Xanax guy. I don't know. Uh, I, um, I, I don't want to encourage sometimes. anyone. Oh yeah. Ambien every night. I do like a Zanny to Ambi, Zanny to Ambi handoff currently every day. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, once that's the Xanax a... kicks in, it's better, but, um, I uh, I feel like a lot of people who I admire are able to just kind of 
not the people aren't all feeling a lot of feelings, but um, there's a lot of people who I think are able to just be like, well, managing, it's okay. And I know that it's okay, but I, I will be open and honest that every day I hit some wall where I feel like I want to, where I really want to weep. And I was hitting it just because my son was getting agitated. We were trying to watch Planet Earth, which I highly recommend rewatching if you haven't seen it the first time. But you are um, such a Netflix pimp. Uh, well, uh, David Attenborough. Anyway, we were just at that <laughs> moment. We were at the moment of a four-year-old meltdown, like right when it was time to do this. And his meltdowns caused my meltdowns. I don't know. Yeah. Being a parent in this is a whole thing. A parent of a little uh, kid. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've got, I guess you'd call them middle-aged children. Um, How old are your middle-aged children? <laughs> They're uh they're twelve and almost fourteen. That seems um, like a better is, age for this. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. It's better. It's better. Yeah, yeah. It's got its you know. There's issues. There's of course uh, Sears Roebuck catalog size book of issues. But uh, of course, I mean four. Yeah, man. I I'm gonna go ahead and say that I think four might be the, and I again I I'll. Do we still have to keep caveating that I know we're all very lucky? But I think four might be the worst. <laughs> I think four might be the worst age for this. Three, four, two, three, well, two to five, I think is maybe no, the worst good. age for this. Now, is your four-year-old son aware that he is the worst age for this? Um, It's shitty. I'm not going to lie. This freaking sucks. Yeah. Guys, the Xanax will kick in any second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what don't tell us when you'll you know when me, like i'm gonna you'll I'm know gonna, when i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a guess in when i think that ah yeah you'll feel we'll it see if i can get it we'll, we'll see if we'll see if i can be sensitive enough we'll feel it together to mental state okay. <laughs> yeah um what's um so four-year-old is preschool pre-k situation preschool that, yeah preschool. and are they and is uh is that continuing <sighs> yeah Yes, but it is. And I feel bad for his teachers who are amazing. Uh, and he was really loving preschool and we were all loving the school. It's very hard to Zoom. Like it's not, it's just, that's part of, I think, why this feels like such a difficult age. They Some kids, I think this age are able to enjoy a Zoom, but I think a lot of kids this age are not. And my son is more of the not. There's a lot of slamming the computer shut, which is a bit of a heartbreak when it doesn't make me want to bang my own head against a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Although as some friends of mine, like, I mean, I don't really love a Zoom either, to be honest. I would rather talk on the phone. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's starting to come back. Phone People, talks? Do we have to? Do we, yeah, phone talk. Do we have to look at each other? No, I've got a couple friends who've been like, would love to hang out with you, but I don't want to see your face or vice versa. And right. they're not wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I think, you know, I w it's not for me with Zooms about, well, first of all, I'm 44. And so I it's like in my DNA to just want to talk on the phone. Like the intimacy of a phone talk is, I've come too far to, to leave behind a phone talk uh, as my favorite <laughs> version of a connection. But um, I want to see people's faces and I'm very happy to see other people's faces. It's my own haggard shit face that I don't want to see. Oh, look, my son's here. 
Hey, Asher, could I, could I ask you to maybe, I'm just talking to someone. Could you go play with Lucy while I finish? Guys, we'll cut this part right out. Hey, Ashy, could you go just play with Lucy while I finish talking to my friend? Steve, I'm so sorry. This might have to go all right in the garbage. The honest truth is we'll keep as much of it as you'll let us. Okay. Well, my son has now entered the room and is hiding behind a chair. Are you being, what are you doing, Asher? Could you go maybe, oh my gosh, now he's moving the chair in front of the door. Like a, <laughs> like the way, like in a cartoon, when someone covers the entrance to a cave with a boulder, like that's what's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what's going on. Is he watching a lot of uh, Roadrunner? This sounds like a Roadrunner. <laughs> it's very Roadrunner. Um, hey, bud. Oh, that actually, you know what? I'm going to say this. The place he put the chair, it actually does look better there than where it was. Oh, well, it, you know what? If if he comes out of this quarantine situation with more of an eye for interior design. <laughs> I am doing a lot of, it. yeah. I, um, hey, buddy. Oh, my God. The chair really does look better where he just put it. Um, anyway. This a big moment. This could, I'm, hey, Asher. All right, guys, I'm going to pause for a second while I ask. Hold on one second. I'm so sorry. Okay. A few minutes later. All right. Sorry, Steve. All right. Don't worry about it. This is, a, this is like such a so, – I'm so sorry. You're like, maybe Jesse would be fun to talk to. And then it just was like way too real. Um, What was I talking about? Oh, I don't want to see anyone else. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to see my own face. But it's also a measure of my ego that I'm only looking at my own face and I could be just not looking no, at it. No, but that's all of us. Come on. Nobody looks at other people on the Zoom calls. It's like a it's like a hour long mirror session with Exactly. When uh, that's why bother? The flattering the flattering light of the like L C D laptop screen. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're one of the fortunate people that got your hands on a ring light before uh, they got back ordered on Amazon. And see, I don't even know about that. What's that? A, a ring light, I guess, is like a light that um, you, you can buy that basically you put near your computer that casts like a flattering light on you. Like a lot of actors who do like auditions that. from home. I know. I just found out about it. Wow. This is why but I'm now, doing a podcast. <laughs> this is why Instead we're of, all in the safe, yeah. the safe dark space <laughs> of a podcast. Uh-huh. Um, now, are you, are you getting, are you able to work? During this time, uh, and do you have work to do? I mean, you write, so you can you make your own fun. <laughs> um, I do have, you know, um, I have a couple of things I am supposed to be doing. Um, Big Mouth is still recording, and they're doing it over Zoom, and that is a real blessing, both for the amount of people that they are able to keep employed, who, who are animating and producing and doing all of that. And it's, and then it's also just, um, it's quite fun to do. We just yeah. record on zoom and, and I feel like I have a right to push my family away from me when I have to do those. Um, <laughs> on the other hand, I'm also working on my second book, which is due in November. Don't tell anyone. I oh, feel well, like I'm quite behind on yeah. it. Don't tell anyone about the book that you just mentioned uh, on the podcast. Yeah. Is that what oh no, 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 no. You can tell people. No, tell, you can tell people about the book. I just, I'm gonna just hope maybe my publisher isn't listening and hearing about how far behind I am uh, on the book. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. No, chances are your publisher is not listening here to <laughs> this <laughs> reboot podcast. 
So, yeah. Um, uh, but that is going very badly insofar as, um, I, again, just in the house of the four-year-old. And even though we're very fortunate and our nanny has um, been able to continue working with us because she uh, is staying alone and quarantined and we're very – Again, it's a very lucky position to be in, but um, you know, a four-year-old runs into a room. I can't reasonably right. expect him to spend all day just with her for either of their sanity. So there's yeah. kind of like an in and out uh, process. And for me, writing takes me like, I don't know how it is for you, but I have to sort of be on the internet for like five hours before I really get the momentum to like write a word. Yeah, um, my wife who also has to do some writing sometimes. We we talk about it as like you got to get across the moat, and uh, yes, across the moat. Yeah. yeah, and so just when I've crossed the moat, I have to step in and do some stuff. So it's been really um, challenging. And then by the end of the day, after he goes to bed, I feel so emotionally drained that I it's very hard to work at night. Were you expecting this to just be one long complaint? Is that what other people are doing? Are other people being really upbeat and positive? It's a, I, yes, I was expecting that. It's a no. It's a podcast where Jews talk to other Jews about how things <laughs> are going during a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> what else but, is it going to be? But this is something we're supposed to be good at. Not to compare, by the way, uh, being in your house in a pandemic to uh, any any attack by a human. Right. No. Uh, yeah. I'm not a monster. Not any specific ones, but no. No, cost. Uh, noted. I'll put that in the notes on the episode page. Yeah. Jesse Klein, not a monster. Not a monster. Talks about it. <laughs> and by the way, anyone who's ever had to say they're not a monster is definitely a monster. It's yeah, yeah. Um, wait, what was I going to say? I don't know. Oh, I was going to ask. What? No, you. How could you know? Uh, I feel terrible. I'm a man of mystery. Uh, what I was going to ask you was, what is your second book? My second book <laughs> is, um, my first book was a collection of sort of autobiographical essays. And so this will also be autobiographical essays, but really focused on uh, being a woman who's now a parent and is in middle age and just the experience of um, kind of the journey that you have to be on to maintain your or, 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 I'm sorry the Xanax just kicked in uh yeah I don't know just about Dude, being a, I was supposed to guess okay okay I'm sorry I've ruined the game uh just being yeah just being middle-aged and a parent and what that's like and having to kind of go inward to find strength to keep your sanity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, something like I mean, that but funny it. but I very bet. funny I I bet you'll get a good chapter out of uh, out of this experience. I don't mean this podcasting experience, although maybe <laughs> the podcast I chapter. Meant, yeah, this. Yeah, I think you're you're good for at least twelve, fifteen pages just <laughs> on this half hour talk. Um, I have to ask you: Are you guys in California, where the Corona caseload has been not nearly what it is in, in the tri-state? Now you're from New York originally, right? Uh, yeah, I grew up in New York and I lived there until just a few years ago. And my mom and dad are still there. They are in the city. Are they doing okay? You know, um, they're, they're pretty, I think they would feel comfortable with me describing them as elderly. 
<laughs> they're uh, my dad is turning 80 in a few months um they are in a six flight walk-up apartment that they've lived in for 50 or 50 years um and i do believe that my mom had covid um yeah and your dad didn't get it wow. well knock on wood i am i mean i've been very worried about them but my mom was pretty sick in a way that was very frightening um but thank whatever your higher power uh don't want to label it for anyone she yeah she was <laughs> sick she um she fainted she had rolling fevers she was extremely fatigued um uh, it got very scary to be so far away but thankfully she seems to have recovered so that was a long answer to your question but i actually think that she she did have it uh, that's intense. I mean, for intense. people that age, yeah, that's that's very worrisome. Yeah. And wait, have, Steve, um, you're where are you right now? I'm in outside New York. I'm in Orange County, New York. We, you know, we live in Brooklyn, but we skipped town a while ago and have been renting a house slightly up in the country, which has been nice. That sounds very nice. Uh, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. Um, yeah. Was there a clear moment when you felt like we've got to skip town? Uh, yeah, it was clear to my wife much sooner than it was clear to me. Um, she just trust the wife. Uh, yep. Uh, no, she at the time I was like, I don't know. Maybe we should just stay in the city. Like it's going to, you know, we have, this is our space and our stuff is here. And she's like, nope, we're leaving. Uh, I don't know where we're going to go yet. Maybe you can help me figure that out, but we're leaving. Yeah. That's and, crazy. Uh, yeah. She was super, super duper right. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, I wanted to ask you, not so many cases in California, but you guys are locked down and are going to be for a while. Are you mad at New York because you're having to follow sort of our rules? Uh, no. I'm grateful for the – for. Uh the leaders of, of New York and California doing what they're doing. Good. Amazing how like suddenly handsome Andrew uh, Cuomo and Gavin Newsom are. They would not really men I would considered my type. And then just all of a sudden anyone who's talking sense and listening to science just becomes <laughs> real sex on legs. <laughs> <laughs> That man can properly use it. Oh, uh, they can both get it. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, here we are, Reboot Podcast. Sure. Let's talk about Jewiness. I'm, I'm ready. The Xanax really is kicking in now, I think. Uh, fantastic. It's a perfect combination of Xanax <laughs> and this question. <laughs> well, what's... What's the juiciest thing that you've done during the uh, during the quarantine? Steve, great question. Uh, I have been trying to be honest to get uh, juicier than usual, and I would say uh, my baseline juiciness before this was like it was in there. I, you know, I'm Jewish, but like uh, three out of ten. Uh, you know, spiritually interested, but uh, practitionally terrible. Uh, 
Um, mm-hmm. But then uh, you're ramping it up. I'm ramping it up. I've been really, really trying to ramp it up. I've been um, really enjoying our our reboot friend uh, Rabbi Amahai's daily soul spa that he's been doing on oh, Zoom. Cool. I've been checking into that when I can. If it hasn't become clear, I'm a bit of a mess, uh, even under the best of circumstances, but I wouldn't say I've been an exemplary uh, emotional specimen during this, considering how lucky and blessed I am. And just to, <laughs> you know, have someone remind you to breathe and maybe uh, sometimes someone comes on there and plays a few Tibetan singing bowls as a sound bath. Yeah. Someone tells a story, but just that level of connection is useful to me. What about this situation? is motivating you to want to take your Jewishishness from a three up into the, <laughs> up up into the, the middle number range. Yeah. Six or seven? <laughs> uh, well, I read a book actually randomly about six months ago uh, called The Choice, written by um, – oh, can I Google it while we talk? I'm trying to remember her last name. Anyway, it's written by um, – Holocaust survivor who ended up becoming one of the world's leading um, trauma therapists. And it was quite, and she's in her 90s now. And, you know, I hadn't read a book like that in a long time because I think, uh, you know, when I was growing up with my parents who were very culturally identified with Judaism and the Holocaust specifically, I felt like there was a moment as a young teen maybe where I was like, "I, I got it. But um, so it had been quite a while. But then the book uh, that I was reading, oh, it's going to kill me. Can I hold on? Am I going to blow this if I open? I thought you already tab? had done it. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll Google it at the same time. We'll, I just we'll didn't it. want to ruin everything. So the first thing that comes up on my Google results is a 2016 PG-13 movie uh, from a Nicholas Sparks script. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm talking. About. No, um, Doctor <laughs> Nicholas is a ladies' man who thinks a serious relationship would cramp his easygoing lifestyle. Is that what if that's that what I thought the Holocaust was? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? No, um, her name is Doctor Edith Ager. E G E R. Eager. Ager. Probably Ager. E G E R. The choice. It's an amazing book. The story of her survival is incredible. But then it's. Uh, and then it really becomes about the emotional recovery of it and how she took what she went through and, um, and has helped many hundreds and even thousands of people get over things. Um, I don't know. I'm just, it just reminded me, uh, you know, I'm, when you do sort of come from generations of people who've been affected by that trauma that you could use that to kind of think about where you are and to be really yeah. grateful. And, and this, yeah. And that this is not that. This is, is not that. A, um, it is a big, broad trauma. And so, yeah, I get the resonance. And just remembering that uh, people have gone through much worse and grown up to become amazing people and things. Yeah. It's good. It's that good. It's helpful. It's helpful. I have one more question for you. I'm ready. Um, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna lower your anxiety level. <laughs> this is the question no parent wants to hear or deal with right now. Okay, I'm ready. What are you doing this summer? Ooh, Steve, how dare you? 
I mean, like, what are we doing to uh, handle our, our, like, just what are we doing with ourselves? Yeah, with that, there's not, what little school there is, there's not going to be. No, I don't think there's going to be any uh, school. It's going to be the nicer weather, very tempting to go out and socialize. And uh, like you said, a four-year-old wants to run around. You should. You know, uh, I don't, don't know yet. I'm asking from the point of view of like we are trying to get some information. Like, Any I, big I, I ideas? Have some ideas because our kids like almost definitely their summer camp, which they love, 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 is very probably going to be canceled. And then yeah. uh, they don't want to be at home. They don't want to be with us. No, I God, of course, no. Um, I didn't mean like, of course, they don't want to be with you. I, I'm That's just saying about how much totally my child doesn't want to be with me. Okay. <laughs> oh. Um, I can't think about it right now. I think I, the more I think about anything in the future, the more anxious I get. And if I just think about getting through today, uh, it's been very helpful to watch one episode of planet earth a day (laughs) on a, trying to be kind of lighthearted about it. Um, I'm trying to like queue up like really fun videos for him to watch. So we've been watching a lot of Musical performances. He loves Bruce Springsteen. We watch some Alvin Ailey dance stuff. And then whenever, and like, but whatever we watch, whether it's music or dance, and those have been really good. Afterwards, he goes bonkers doing, trying to imitate what he watched. So I feel like some version of kind of an interesting education is coming out of this for him. Sounds like something's happening. Something's Something's happening. happening. And and, and that plus this obvious... Uh, pension for interior design. I, I think he's going to <laughs> I, I have to tell you, the chair does look better where he just put it. He's definitely the best person in this house by far. <laughs> uh, Jesse, that was tremendous. Thank you so much. I think I did something wrong, which was I really should have taken the Xanax 20 minutes before I did. Um, uh, it was a fun part of the journey. It, I, I mean, you can hear the difference, right? I calm down a lot during this talk. There's a little less edge, I would say. <laughs> I came in very hot, and I'm leaving just like a nice a little, room temp. A little chilled, a little chilled out. Like yeah. a European water served room temp. <laughs> Jesse Klein, thank you so much for being on in quarantine. We'll see you next time. This is Steve Bodo saying, the beaches seem safe, but they're not safe. <laughs> <laughs>